Bukhar Tov, we are in Shemuel Bet, and we are in chapter 16 today, chapter Ted Zion. <clears throat> and we ended off, you know what was the last pasuk we did? All oh, right, we, we ended up, so yesterday we did Shimi ben Gera's cursing of David, and we understood that Shimi ben Gera coming from the family of Binyamin <clears throat> had, of a lot of, had a lot of allegiances to the family of Shaul, and considered David to be the one who ruined everything for the family. We also saw yesterday the conniving ways of Tziva, the, the servant slash master of Mephibosheth, and how he ended up getting the entire estate of Shaul's family by lying about the fact that Mephibosheth was expecting to become king again or to at least see the kingdom return to Shaul's household, which wouldn't have made sense we, we were shocked by David's response and his inability to see through the ruse because why in the world would a, would a cripple guy with really no ability to rule assume that by the kingdom moving away from David to his own son, somehow that would bring the kingdom back to him. It was just uh, not a good look. And those were the two stories we did yesterday. Shimi ben Geraz cursing David and of course the story with Siva and uh, Mephibosheth. Now, that sums up the entire process of David leaving Yerushalayim. The process began like at the beginning of the previous chapter when we went through all of his friends, the Kreti and the Pleti and the people that came with him and the, uh, who else was there? And the, the people from Gat and Itai Hagiti. Remember Itai Hagiti said he wants to stay with David no matter what. And then we had uh, the Tzadok and the Vyatara the Kohanim and their sons, Achimatz and, uh, and Yonatan, how they would be messengers. Then we had Hushai Ha'arki, who was going to stay in Yerushalayim and help David from the inside, along with the Kohanim. And then we had uh, these two stories, Tziva and thing, and that's the entire process of David leaving Yerushalayim. And Pasuk Yudalit begins, The people, the king and the people that were with him, came exhausted and... They took a break there. Now, where, where, did, where do we know they went? Bahurim. So, Bahurim. That was, uh, we saw in the previous Pasuk that they had gone to Bahurim. Okay, so they were in a city called Bahurim, which was on the outskirts of Yerushalayim. And they took a break there. They have Shalom Echolaam, Ish Israel, Ba'u Yerushalayim, Achitofelito. And have Shalom, and all the people that were, uh, the people of Israel, they came to Yerushalayim. And Achitofel was with him. And the reason it was specified that Achitofel was with Avshalom is because Achitofel is David's biggest issue. Okay, Achitofel is the great advisor. He's the biggest issue. By the way, I, I mentioned already in advance, don't get upset at me. There's a show on the West Coast next week that I'm going to. And uh, it's ruining my schedule. It's a real estate show. A real estate uh, show. So I'm going to not be around like all of next week. So, you know, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, anyways, so Achitofel ito, Achitofel was with Avshalom. Now, when Hushaya Arki, the friend of David, came to Avshalom, Hushai came and said, Long live the king, long live the king. What do you think Avshalom's response is going to be? Is this the kindness you're showing your friend? Why didn't you go with your friend? 
Avshalom says, I would have expected you to, to remain loyal to David. Why didn't you go with David? Is this how you treat your friend? So if I'm Hushai, I'm scared right now, like crazy, because this guy, he's on to me. He sees that there is a, it's, it's strange that I was so friendly with David before, and all of a sudden I'm supporting his rebel, the rebellion against him. So what does Hushai say? Hushai, honestly, in my opinion, is there are, some, there are some character types that they make in movies that they always have everything under control. That you're never worried about them. They'll, you know they'll always figure things out. So Hushai is always calm. He doesn't get like overwhelmed. He doesn't get scared. Just this calm confidence. He responds, he said, no, there's nothing, I'm not, uh, uh, I, I, I'm not being inconsistent. The one that God picks and the people pick and all of Israel pick, he is the one I'll be with and he's the one I'll dwell with. And the second reason, at the end of the day, who am I, who am I serving? Who am I advising? It's my friend's son. I'm not being disloyal to my friend when I'm supporting his progeny. You get, you get his argument? Mm. At the end of the day, you're his son. So by, by helping you, I'm helping him. Just like I served before your father, I'll be before you as well. There's a famous, phrase, there's a famous saying that if you ever ask someone a question and in their own defense, they give two reasons you know the truth is not with the reason A or with reason B. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a common. It's not like a scientific thing. It's just a cat classic, like a. The first thing he said was what Hashem picked. And I picked Hashem picked David. And the second one, he said. Right. Exactly. And if you if you realize, the first one he said the one who, who with God picked, I'm going to be with him, and the one that the people picked, I'm going to be with him. Again, I don't know about the people, but God clearly picked David, so he's not lying. Actually, he's just veiling his, his intention. And the second thing is just, is just, who am I helping? I'm helping his son. That's obviously not so true. Okay, he's not, that's not like the proper way to look at it because his son is rebelling against the father. So that wouldn't be a, a support of the father. But yeah, it's just like a classic, um, I think it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an expression for it in Hebrew that if a person defends himself by giving two reasons, you know that both reasons are typically are probably Where false did in their line. Where did Hushai come from? Hushai was the, he was just an advisor that we bumped into as David was leaving Yerushalayim. And, and David, said, David go. said, go and stay in. Now you could probably be better. You would be burdened for me if you came with me. But if you stay inside and you could earn Absalom's trust, you'll be able to, to fend off Ahitophel's advice. You'll be able to, to deride Ahitophel's uh, advice. Okay. Basically, if you're helping him, you're helping David. He's down lying in the second one also. He's really actually helping David. Well, I know, but, but what he says to Avshalom is I'm serving his son mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, Hushai says it with confidence and Avshalom buys it. So then Avshalom goes to Achitofel and he says, okay, uh, fine, I accept Hushai. I accept Hushai's advice, and we know that he fully buys into Hushai, Hushai's um, uh, thing, his lie, because he's going to end up asking Hushai for critical advice, which is going to mess him up. Avshalom said to Achitofel, Give me advice, what shall we do? 
ויאמר אחיתופל אל אבשלום. And by the way, look at the way he speaks to Achitofel. You, in the plural, bring us some advice. Because I think he has a lot of respect for him. Because Achitofel was like the great advisor. What do you mean you're in the plural? In Hebrew, means please bring for yourselves. In plural. I know in the English they translate. Avshalom says it to Achitofel. I think it's, a, it's the same way we say Shoma in Persian. You know, it's a respectful way of speaking. Okay, you wouldn't catch it in English because it bring for you uh, guidance or advice. Okay. Okay. And Achitofel said to Avshalom, come upon the concubines of your father that he had, rema- he had left in the household in the king's palace. To just maintain the palace or the house. And all of Israel will hear that you have, I know how to translate Nivashta well, that you've uh, disgraced your father. And all of the people who are with you, their hands will strengthen, their, their confidence in you will strengthen. When, you see, when they see that you've overturned your father, when, you, when they see that you've rebelled officially against your father and that you've taken over his concubines, they, the people that are supporting you will feel stronger about supporting you. They'll realize that the deed is done, that the father is no longer there, that he is the new king. And that's Achitofel's advice to Avshalom in order to have him establish the kingdom. Now there are two things I want to point out. One, do you remember how David established the kingdom? In so, no way. So David established the kingdom by moving the kingdom to Yerushalayim. By, by, did he, did he ever, did David, whenever he was trying to establish the kingdom, did he attempt to kill off Shaul's family? No. The opposite. What was he trying to do? He tried to win over Shaul's family. So if you remember, where was the city he went to? He went to a city in, that was supportive of Shaul's family. And he commended them for their, for their remember there were the, who were the people? No, no, no. Was, uh, there was a city that went and they got Shaul's body away from the Pelishtim and they buried it. And he went and he commended them. And he said, you've done a good thing in helping the king. Uh, and one of the reasons he did this is because he wanted to show the supporters of Shaul that he considers them good people, that he's, going, that he's not going to be upset at them for supporting, supporting Shaul. He, David consolidated, consolidated the kingdom by causing all of Am Yisrael to be united. Right. It was all positive things. Mm-hmm. He commended people who supported Shaul. He tried to bring Shaul's peaceful transition. Uh, g- generals onto his side. He tried to make a peaceful transition and a transition that maintained the unity of Am Yisrael. He gave Shaul's son uh, Mephibosheth. He gave Shaul's son Mephibosheth. He gave him all of his, his uh, thing. He kept his promise to Yonatan. So all of these things, they had the effect of consolidating David's kingdom. Now, how is Avshalom, cons- con- compare that to the way Avshalom is doing it. He's not lie with his concubines. Stay with his concubines, and that's like the biggest disgrace. Yeah. Okay. But he's so, doing it as bad advice. He's getting bad advice. Not necessarily. This could be good advice. It's good advice because it will have the desired political effect. But it's also, it shows you the difference in the type, in the way they went about getting the same effect, right? David and Avshalom. Not, not that's a good thing. It's, it's good not a good thing. To get to what he's right. to do. It's not a good thing. It's, it's a good. It's good mm-hmm. advice for the sake of getting him what he wants to achieve. But you could just compare it to the way David did things, and there's a stark contrast. Avshalom is doing it in a, in a crude, disgusting way, and David did it in a peaceful way in which everybody was united. 
obviously by doing this, Avshalom is going to burn the support of David, the people that like David, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to like this. That's disgusting. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to point out is this is not the first time in the Torah that we've seen being with concubines as a means of asserting your power. You know when else we saw it? We saw it with Reuven. Now there's a lot of there midrashim that try to undo the damage of that pasuk. But if you understand the pasukim kifshutam, Reuven, after seeing that he was no longer considered the bechor, and seeing that Yehuda and Yosef are being treated better than him, why, why would he lay with the concubine of Yaakov in order to show that he is the next in line, to prove that he's the next in line? It was wrong-headed, and he got punished for it severely. But that was it's a it's a it's a thing that we see within the Tanakh yeah. that people they're with the concubines of their father shows them asserting power over the previous generation. Okay. So Pasukafet by Atul Avshalom Haohel Alagag they made for Avshalom a tent on the roof. And in the eyes of all of Israel, Avshalom was with the concubines of his father. Pasukaf Gimel. Now Radak says they didn't. They didn't allow the tent to be visible Meaning the, the tent, the outside of the tent was visible But they closed it And what people saw was him walking in with the concubine mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And the advice of Akhitofel that he was giving in those days Is the same, would be the same as if a person was asking the word of God So was the advice of Akhitofel Gam le David, gam le Abshalom both to David and to Avshalom. Meaning, Achitofel's wisdom was so there. His advice was so keen. And had such a good sense of what to do in order to consolidate power. Again, not necessarily to be a tzaddik. But in order to consolidate power, that his advice was as if you're asking the Urim to me. You know, it's as if you're asking the word of God. Just to go back, sorry. Whenever David like, evacuated Yushalayim, for some reason, we, we spoke about it briefly, but for some reason, he intentionally left his concubines behind. Right. Like we said then, like, why would he do such a thing? Like, yeah, we mentioned that it's going to become an issue later on. An issue and this, this is the this issue. This is like exactly what, like, the opportunity you, you would give for your son to gain the, the political yeah. uh, show, power of showing that he's the next king by sleeping with the concubines of right. the, of the Why of the didn't king. he bring his concubines? Why didn't? Okay, so for you can imagine it was probably a difficult journey because when he said to Hushai, he said, if you come with me, it's going to be a burden. So he brings 10 extra women or however many concubines he had. That, that wouldn't have been, uh, yeah. that would have been very difficult. Uh, also, we don't know. I, I, I don't exactly know what the, why. It, look, it says he left them to, to take care of the house. Maybe there was a lot they were, they were typically maintaining the house and he needed them to stay there. Then Achitofel gives his next good advice. His next piece of very sage advice. He says, let me get 12,000 people, small army or big army? No, 12,000 right now is considered small. Okay, because 1,000 per tribe. I'm going to get 12,000 people and I'm going to go after David in the night. I'm going to come at him when he's tired and his hands are weak. And I'm going to scare him. And everybody's going to run away. And I'm only going to strike the king himself. Okay? And I'm going to bring back everyone to you. Like one returns everything. 
Only the person that you seek to be killed will be killed. Everyone will be at peace. Okay, so this is Achitofa's advice. Next advice to uh, Avshalom is, let me take a small band, 12,000 people. We're going to attack David in the middle of the night, unsuspecting. We're going to kill him. Everybody will be shocked by the surprise attack. His people will run away. All we will, the only person we will kill is David. It'll be clean. We'll kill David without any of his followers or any of our people getting killed. I'll bring back everybody. There'll be no damage to your political support because you would not have caused any bloodshed. Only David will be killed and it will consolidate your kingdom finally. And the matter was good in the eyes of Shalom and in the eyes of all the elders of Israel. Meaning everyone thought this was good advice. How did they know where David was hiding? I don't know. They probably knew that he must not be far. So they knew where the, the, the paths that he could possibly have taken to leave to Yushan. Now, tomorrow we're going to see if Avshalom follows up on this advice. Okay? Because it's a pretty scary thing to kill your father. Yeah. And, but this is as good advice as you can get. Because it'll be clean. It'll be pinpointed. Nobody will call, won't cause any issues. Only one person dies and that's David. And the power gets moved over to Avshalom. We'll see if this happens. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.